so. We turn again to the book of Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. We're going to begin reading once again at verse 1. And then we will read through verse 20 this evening. Dealing only with that 20th verse in our message. But looking ahead to... uh, The next Lord's Day, next Sunday morning as we come to the Lord's table, that uh, reminder of fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. The reminder that you and I have a father who never does so. Who never does so. But that's next Lord's Day. Colossians 3.1 If then you have been raised with Christ... Seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, Holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wives, submit to your husbands, as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Let's fire the reading of God's word. Let's again bow in prayer. Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this portion of your word that was read and heard read tonight. Pray that you'll be with Pastor Bob and that you will give him your words to speak on this very important topic of a Christian home. It's under much attack today in many ways, and we pray that you'll help us to be good and godly examples to the world of what you have established, a Christian home. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. First thing we want to note about this 
verse that Paul gives to us through the Holy Spirit is that this is nothing new. That Scripture has repeated this command often. Children, obey your parents in everything. For this pleases the Lord. This morning as I read the law from Exodus chapter 20, I pointed out okay, at that particular time as well that emphasis that is laid upon us. We could go to Exodus chapter 21, verses 15 through 17. We see the emphasis come again. In Leviticus chapter 20, verse 9, the dishonor of the one who curses his parents. In fact, it is seen as such a horrific and abominable sin to curse one's parents that the death penalty was ordered. So that the respect of one's parents, the honoring of one's parents, the obeying of one's parents was ever before the people of God. As they are about to enter into the land of Canaan, God comes again, Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 16, and reminds them of this responsibility. Proverbs 1.8, Proverbs 6.20, Proverbs 30, verse 17, Malachi 1, verse 6. But let me turn you to two others. Matthew chapter 15, just let's go to there. Matthew chapter 15. We're going to be at verses 4 through 6. We're in the midst of a discussion about breaking tradition, about washing hands. Jesus, verse 3, answered them. Why do you break a command for the sake of your tradition? Verse 4, for God commanded Honor your father and your mother. And whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. So it's not just an Old Testament command. We can't just say it's a New Testament command in the sense of, well, this is the Apostle Paul and we know, you know, he's he's got this vision of what the family's supposed to look like and he's just trying to make, he's just trying to fit in with the society. Obviously, it comes as well from the mouth of our Lord and Savior, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. To say that in some way this command is no longer needed or necessary in the world in which we live in is to dismiss the word of Christ, which is where we were with Pastor Green this morning with the centurion, and Jesus marvels at his faith because he understands the power of Jesus' words and the authority of Jesus' words. So here, Jesus teaches again. This is a command from God. This is how you are to live. Go with me to one more, which is the parallel passage that we'd find in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6. As we've been going through, I've pointed out a couple of times that the way in which Paul writes the book of Colossians is very similar to what he's doing in Ephesians. Because remember, the book originally is written just for the church of Colossae. 
And the book of Ephesians is written for the church of Ephesus. So, of course, he's going to write very similar things because, one, it's the Holy Spirit guiding him, but these set the principles for what salvation is and how we're to live sanctified lives as believers. Ephesians 6, 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. So we see, first of all, this is nothing new as far as Scripture is concerned. It may be something new as far as society was concerned, as far as the world was concerned, but my guess is Paul was probably not bringing something horribly new even into the society of Colossae. But to the society of 21st century North America... Yeah, these are astounding words. Now, you and I may think, well, everybody knows that. No. This is not the way our society is ordered any longer. Our society no longer is structured this way. Teachers in educational institutions teach children you don't need to listen to your parents. You don't need to listen to what your parents tell you. All one has to do is look at it in the realm of sexuality and in the realm of abortion. You don't have to listen to your parents. If you want to go get that abortion, go get that abortion. Listening to your parents, even though you might be in high school, even though you might be in middle school, you don't have to do that. You can choose for yourself. And my guess, folks, probably not Coopersville, probably not Kenowa, probably not our communities here, but there will be communities throughout the United States that as children come back to school this fall, there will be all sorts of applied pressure. You don't have to listen to what your parents are telling you. You need to listen to what we're telling you you need to do. This is novel in our society. This is novel in our culture. This is not the way society is ordered. So here Paul comes to these new believers in Christ at Colossae, structuring their, their family life so that it's God-glorifying, giving words to, to the wives, a Christian wife in her home so that she as a wife can be God-glorifying, giving words to a husband so that he can be God-glorifying in his marriage. Now words to children so that they might be God-glorifying. And just as much children today. If you love the Lord, if you love Jesus Christ, you especially need to hear these words. You are 
to obey your parents. That is the God-glorifying, God-honoring thing to do. No, you can't right now, even if you wanted to, get on a plane and become a missionary in Africa. You're just a child. You know that. You can't do some of the things that your parents or grandparents are able to do in the service of Jesus Christ to bring God glory. Some of you can't even read yet. But you can obey your parents. And that, in this world, in this society, is not only God-glorifying, it is a witness. First of all, then, was the spiritual or the scriptural repetition. Secondly, what is the command itself? The scriptural command. Children, obey your parents in everything. The extent, in everything. In everything. To listen and to do. When they discipline you, you obey, honor, respect them in everything. In duties that they may assign you. In responsibilities that they give to you. In rules that they establish for you. Children, obey your parents in everything. So it's not just about church stuff. It's not just about spiritual things. It's about everything in regards to your life in relationship with your parents. In everything. In every aspect of that relationship. You are to obey your parents. But there is a limit. And the limit is found in that passage we read from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. In the Lord. So just like we had last Lord's Day in the morning, when it talked about a wife being submissive to her husband in the Lord, there is a limit to that. If your parents tell you to go to the store and steal some, uh, a loaf of bread... You're not, you're not, that's not in the Lord. That's being disobedient to the Lord. You're 15, 16, but maybe you look 18, 19, and your dad stops at the, uh, and fills up the tank, and he says, hey, go in there and buy me a pack of cigarettes. You say, no, I can't do that, Dad. That's against the law. That's not God honoring. That's not God glorifying. The everything has a limit. And the limit is that which honors the Lord. When it's disobedience to the Lord. That is where you as a child say, no, that's wrong. And one hates to say it. One hates to mention it. One hates to bring it up. 
But yet, given the fact that it happens within Christian families, it needs to be said. And children, that is in regards to your bodies as well. Your, children, your parents have the right to discipline you. This is one of those that would probably get me in trouble. They have the right to spank you. But they don't have the right to your body for other purposes. That's wrong. That's sinful. And you have the right to say no. You're not being a disobedient child then. You're being a God-glorifying child in this world. So there is a limit, but there is an extent. But there is also a blessing, right? Because this pleases the Lord. Wait, isn't this an amazing thing when you stop to think about this? And, and I'm going to say this to kids in particular. Isn't this amazing, children, that God's view of you is so important? And that God gives you, regardless of your age as a child, the privilege of doing something that pleases him. See, it's not just for us adults. It's not just for us grown-ups. It's not just for us old people. God includes you. That's part of our understanding of the covenant, that you're not excluded, that you're not excluded until a certain time, at a certain point, at a certain age. No, you're included in and God desires you as, as a covenant child to do that which pleases him. And you get to do that every day. It's not just some days. It's not just once in a while. I know there's a lot of things about church that seem to be all about adults. That's all about us older people. And sometimes maybe as a child you can kind of feel like, well, none of this is important to me. God is coming to you tonight and he's saying to you, no, I give to you something very important to do. Something that pleases me. Something that glorifies me. Something that you can do. There's a one, two, three, four, five, ten, twelve, fifteen, eighteen, twenty-five if you're still in your parents' house, forty if you're still in your parents' house, year old. You can obey your parents in everything. For this pleases the Lord. See, that's why he said back there in, the, in that command that he gave. If you do so, you will live long in the land that the Lord your God is giving to you. Now, first of all, let me say, God was not saying every obedient child will live till they're 80 or 90. 
He was talking corporately to the people of Israel. He was saying to them, look, if this command is that which you take with great importance, and if you as children take this command with great importance, then you shall live long in the land, in the land of Canaan. You're going to be there for a long time if you listen to this command. What does the land of Canaan represent? The land of Canaan represents peace, security, and abundance. What God is saying in that command to you as children today is this. If you follow this command, if you're one of those who obeys your parents in everything for this pleases the Lord, then God will bless you with peace, He will bless you with security. He will bless you with assurance in life. He will bless your life. What an amazing promise. What a wonderful God. And he doesn't exclude. See, that was the Greek and Roman society. Children didn't matter. Children didn't count. Children were unimportant. Only when they grew up, only when they took on a job, only then, only when they got married, then they became significant. God comes in the midst of that society, in the midst of this culture, this disposable child culture, and says, no, children are important. And especially you as part of the church, understand the importance of children. God gives that privilege. The scriptural repetition, the scriptural command, the scriptural relationship. See, what this passage is about, what this whole section is about, what these section that we have this little title, Rules for Christian Households, what's that all about? It's about Paul saying, I want and God desires these Units, these family units of husbands and wives and children, these family units to be witnessing community units to the rest of the society of Kawasa. See, it's our families, it's our marriages that are to be witnesses to this culture. And if Bill's question this morning was, Does Jesus marvel at your faith? Then the question this morning or this evening is, do our families witness to our community and what do they witness? What do they say? Paul is saying there is the importance of this family unit in the purpose of witnessing. But there is something even broader in all of this, isn't there? See, that's why I didn't plan it. I didn't talk to Brother DeGraff, okay, beforehand. You know, I said to any of you children, and Paul says, yeah, it's maize. I said, thank you for the answer. Because what's the real lesson here? We are all children, are we not, of our Heavenly Father. Who does this command really come to? 
See, when we generally read this command, we're thinking of, oh, them two, three. Oh, yeah, how about that 13-year-old? Boy, they really need to hear that one. No. This command is really coming to our own hearts. Children. Children of the Heavenly Father. Obey. Not in part. Not pick and choose. Obey in everything. For this pleases the Lord. See, the larger picture of this command is God speaking to every single one of us as a believer, as part of his family. We've been adopted as his children. That's what all these other chapters in Colossians have been about. God's work in our hearts, God's work in our lives. He's brought us to Christ. He's adopted us as his children. Yeah, we're children. And as children, these words come to us. Children, obey your parent in everything. For this pleases the Lord. And maybe we've, we've been a little too dismissive of that. And maybe we've, maybe we've been neglectful of the fact that, you know, as, as I am obedient to the Lord, as I demonstrate obedience to my heavenly Father, perhaps that is the means, the greatest means of witnessing that I can have to my son or daughter who's sitting in the row next to me right now. That by my life of obedience to my Father who is in heaven. That my demonstrating that in everything, even in the hard and difficult things that my Father calls me to do. That in submitting to his discipline, that in submitting to his law, into submitting to his will, in my desire to please him, in my desire to glorify him, that might be the greatest witness I have to my own children that I desire, that I perhaps demand that they obey. Maybe one of the reasons why we live in such a disobedient society of children is because we live in such a society of disobedient adults. Next time you're in the store and you, you see that little kid acting up, rather than your first thought going, that little brat, why doesn't that mother just take him right out of the store and give him some good discipline? That's what that kid needs. Maybe the thought ought to be, I wonder, I wonder if the parent is living an obedient life. But then again, before those hands and fingers of judgment reach out, that we say to ourselves, Lord, do I act like that with you? When you ask me to do something, when I read your word, I hear your commands, is that the, do I act like that child? Oh, Lord, forgive me. Help me. To obey you in everything.
But there is also, in regards to this whole obedient to your parent, this children honor, this children respect your parents. God's word brings out a whole different aspect of this when we turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. And I invite you to turn to that a moment. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Verse 1, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive. Of all the signs that will be evident that we are living in the last days. Do you see what God placed next? You're going to know you're living in the last days. Because people will be disobedient to their parent. It's going to be one of the things. And that's a warning, isn't it? As you read through the rest of this, there's, there's all sorts of judgments that, that are coming out as a result of this. This is not good news. This is a word of warning that Paul is giving to Timothy, saying, look out in those last days. One of the things that you're going to see happen is you're going to see society begin to crumble. And it's going to crumble at the very foundation, at the family unit. Children are going to become disobedient to their parents. It's a warning for the family, isn't it? It's a warning that parents have this great responsibility of training of raising, of teaching their children, of disciplining their children, of seeking to correct that disobedience to their parents. Because you see, God sees this as all rebellion against him. That's what all of this is. It's a rebellion against him. It's not just the rebellion against parents. It's a rebellion against his authority as well. What a reminder to us as parents of the responsibility that we have to not let that go, to not let that be unchecked, to not let, ah, you know, they're just kids, it'll be okay. No, no. To raise children with the understanding that it's perfectly all right for them to be disobedient to you, that's what will happen in the last days. That is teaching them to be rebellious against God. It's a word of warning not only to families, it's a word of warning to our society today. It's also a word of warning to the church, isn't it? Bill reminded us of that somewhat this morning as well. The fact that the church is, is full of meisms. It's not full of God. 
It's not full of Christ. It's not full of Christ's word. It's not full of God's word. But the church even is in rebellion against God. And I say, boy, that's pretty strict, Pastor Brian. Well, listen to the rest of what Paul wrote here. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness. They look like church folk. They have the appearance of godliness, but they deny its power. This is a word of warning to the church. Are we living in rebellion against God's word? Because we're so full of our word and our truth and our way that we're unwilling to listen to God's truth. But finally, there is a scriptural comfort in all of this as well. And I had several points to make, but I'll close with this. Turn with me to Psalm 103. As I mentioned at the beginning, next Lord's Day, we're going to be at the table, right? The table of our Heavenly Father. A table that the Lord has provided. Our good, loving, caring, just, compassionate Father. Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast anger and steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children. Now, why does a father have to show compassion to his children? They get hurt. They get injured. They have needs. <laughs> but they're also disobedient. So, father has compassion. And his children. Why does the heart of the father. Have compassion. Because he knows. 
He knows the compassion of his heavenly father to him. Next Lord's Day, we we see that in a tangible way in the bread and the cup. We're reminded of his love. We're reminded of his compassion. I got news for you. This will be, this will startle you. You're going to come out of your seat. You're going to go, no, really? This is probably one of the most amazing things I'm going to tell you tonight. Your children are going to disobey you. How do I know that? Because I know I disobeyed my father. Our children are going to disobey us. Yes, they need correction. Yes, they need training. Yes, they need to be taught. Yes, they need discipline. And I'm grateful my Heavenly Father does all of that. But I'm grateful that when my Father does that, He does it out of compassion. Knowing I'm just a child. It's an amazing thing that God's Word never speaks of us as adults. God's word only calls us children. Children, children, children. Why? Because a father provides for his children. And there is never going to be a day, never going to be a day, that I do not need the provision of my heavenly father. His love, his blessings, his compassion. Throughout this week, reflect on the compassion of your heavenly Father. Surround it then in the thought that Paul, through the Spirit, brings to us next. And fathers, fathers, Don't be harsh with your children. I am so thankful that my heavenly father poured out his anger and his wrath upon his son, Jesus Christ, rather than upon me. We sang this morning, no condemnation now, I dread. Why? As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. He knows our frame. And he remembers that we are dust. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for your word, through your spirit, through the Apostle Paul, to this small little church there in Colossae. Father, may we be encouraged by this word and the world in which we live. For Lord, we perhaps sometimes feel like that church of Colossae. Your church, your fellow believers, the believers in this world feel that way with all that is happening and taking place.
Yet, Father, you remembered that church. You brought them your word. You brought them your truth. Father, what a blessing that is, that we have your eternal truth. And we pray, Father, that in this week, we will seek to live as your obedient children. In Christ's name, for Christ's glory, God's people say, Amen.